2: It might be time to rethink that Art Rooney statue. Yeah, you know, the one over at Heinz Field. And that Martin Luther King memorial could be in trouble, too. Uh, Yesterday, right here on this very radio program, uh, we spent a lot of time talking about the stupidity of the Yankees and then the Philadelphia Flyers when they decided to no longer uh, use the recording of Kate Smith singing God Bless America at their games because the lyrics to a couple of songs that the, she did sing were racially insensitive. Uh, the Flyers actually released a statement saying that they are removing her statue from in front of the building. This is over a couple of songs she sang 80 years ago, as we pointed out yesterday. Well, Art Rooney founded the Steelers, and for the first, uh, I guess, now well, 13 years of the team's existence, the existence, there were no black players on the team. There were no black players in the NFL, uh, and there is no man in Pittsburgh history who is more revered than the Chief. I knew him, and he's one of the nicest guys I've ever met, and he deserves a statue for being a nice guy, not for winning, and that's why it's there. But back in 1933, he was part of a gentleman's agreement to keep black players out of the NFL. He, of course, was a product of his times, and unless you were black, that wasn't even considered that outrageous at the time just kind of the way things were. Uh, there were no black players in Major League Baseball or the NBA either back in the 1930s. But if you can justify removing a statue because of a song that a singer sang back in the 30s, how can you not justify either covering up or removing the statue of the chief? And by the way, another guy who was uh, involved in that gentleman's agreement, a guy named George Hallis, he also has a statue in front of War Memorial Stadium in Chicago where the Bears play. He owned the Bears. He was one of the founders of the league. They kept blacks out uh, for 13 years. Uh, his stat- And and uh, doesn't that statue just have to go? Come on. And by the way, Notre Dame had no black players under uh, Newt Rockney. None. And his statue is still standing on the Notre Dame campus. He's revered. He's almost... A uh, s- uh, sainted uh, character on the New- Notre Dame campus. No black players. They had no black students until 1947. Um, and so there were no black players at Oklahoma under Bud Wilkinson. Guess what? He also has a statue. Uh, now, what's worse, singing a song or refusing to allow black players in your league or on your team? I'll just let you think about that for a minute. I don't know what... I know it's difficult... <laughs> But it's kind of subtle, but a lot of nuance there. But you know, seriously, what's worse? Singing a song, which by the way was also sung by Paul Robeson, a black entertainer and communist. He also sang that song, uh, the same song, one of the same one of the songs that uh, that um, Kate Smith is being banned for. Uh, and then uh, there's the Martin Luther King Memorial down there in Washington, and all those streets named after him Uh, when he was asked for advice in a letter from a gay boy and how he should handle the fact that he he's he feels attraction to other boys um martin luther king dr martin luther king the um the minister uh he told the kid that homosexuality in in a letter now so there's a record of it he told the kid that homosexuality was a disorder and he needed to do things to help him break the habit he called being homosexual a habit and used the word habit three times in the letter about how the kid should work hard to break his habit. He needed that habit to be broken. In 1965, or whenever that was, sometime around then, maybe a little earlier, um, that wasn't considered outrageous advice, really. In 2019, you know what that makes you? A homophobe. And apparently, under the current rules, sorry, no longer worthy of a statue. It's got to go. Or we can put a tarp over it. It would take a pretty big tarp, but it's got to go. You can't have a statue for a homophobe. And let's not limit it to statues and songs. Why is the American flag flying at Yankee Stadium tonight if they're playing there? Well, it's flying there all the time, but why is it flying there at the stadium anyway? Why is it flying at Heinz Field or any, any stadium? The country that Kate Smith honors with her song, America allowed slavery for 75 years. That would seem to be a lot more offensive than a song, I think. A song? Singing a song? Or slavery for 75 years? I don't know. I think the slavery was worse. And why would the flag fly in any stadium or anywhere else after the country it represents had condoned slavery for all those years? It's offensive. And while we're at it, maybe it's time to start thinking of a new name for the country. You know, one that doesn't carry so much baggage, this United States thing. I mean, there's so many offensive things that go with it. Um, and could someone please ask, by they're at it, so could someone ask uh, Mayor Peduto? I'm, I'm not sure about this, but I would guess that he would say, if he was asked, that he agrees with what the Yankees did and what the Flyers did with Kate Smith. You know, ask him how he feels about the Art Rooney statue, which, by the way, I in no way want that to be taken anywhere. But just ask him how he feels about it, because he's the guy who was all for getting that evil Stephen Foster statue out of our sight several months ago, and that's finally gone. Meanwhile, when we come back, we're going to talk about the Equality Act and why it's another case of something with a really good name and a bad idea. Stick around. Have you heard the crack of the bat, the cheers of the crowd? Have you seen the smiles on the faces of the players as they take the field? I'm not talking about the Pirates. I'm talking about what's happening in Moon Township that can only be described as a miracle. This is John Stagerwald. With the help of Pirates Charities and people like yourself, the Miracle League of Moon Township has broken ground on a brand new ball field and adaptive playground where athletes with special needs can play regardless of their ability. At miraclesinmoon.org, you can see these stunning plans for the 9,500-square-foot playground and state-of-the-art ADA-compliant restroom facility with showers, wave technology, multi-level fountains and sinks, mechanical changing tables, and more. It's incredible. Our goal? To raise the remaining funds they need to bring it home by first pitch this September. Check it out at miraclesinmoon.org slash donate and make your tax-deductible gift today. That's miraclesinmoon.org slash donate this message paid for by Robinson Town Center as a Mayas properties entity. Obamacare, Trump Care.
0: Have you tried digital marketing but don't know if it's getting you customers? Got different companies running your web design, social media marketing, and geofencing, but not sure which is working and which is a waste of your dollars? Contact us at Salem Surround, digital marketing experts who offer a free analysis of your digital marketing effectiveness and suggest methods that could dramatically increase your sales. We can put all your digital marketing under one roof, give you monthly reports on results, and instantly move your dollars to the most effective areas of your digital marketing suite. Social marketing, geofencing, web search enhancement, event targeting, and more. Now there are no limitations on where you can reach customers with Salem Surround. Total market penetration for increased ROI. Learn more by logging on to surroundpittsburgh.com. Surroundpittsburgh.com
1: Feeding America is working to make that perfect day a reality.
0: Each year, the Feeding America network of food banks rescues billions of pounds of good food that would have gone to waste. That food is given to families and children in need. Being a kid should be about doing things that make an ordinary day extraordinary. Learning to play an instrument, building a sandcastle,
1: hosting tea parties. Hunger should never be an obstacle to growing up. You can help end childhood hunger in your community by visiting feedingamerica.org.
3: Brought to you by Feeding America and the Ad Council.
1: This is the John Steigerwald
0: Show on AM 1250, The Answer.
2: Well, it's a long way until the uh, election in uh, 2020, 18 months, and that means that we are going to be um, exposed to a lot of stupidity uh, and... That's um, that's a lot of it because there are a lot of candidates and it's a long time, 18 months. Uh, And as far as I know, every Democrat in the House co-sponsored the Equality Act and all but two Republicans said no. So how could anybody be against something called the Equality Act? That's kind of the point. It sounds wonderful, but it's not. Stella Morabita is a senior contributor at The Federalist. She says it undermines human freedoms and dignity by legally stripping Americans across the board of inalienable rights. She joins us now. Stella, thanks for being here. Well,
4: thanks for having me, John.
2: So how does something called the Equality Act do, any, do, do that, all that stuff to us?
4: Well, the same way any kind of bait and switch scam, uh, does that sort of thing. Um, uh, you know, when I started off the article you're referring to, uh, you know, I said put yourself in the mindset of a statist. I mean, would you, would you, exp- if your goal was to consolidate power, uh, how are you going to go about it? You're just going to tell people we have got this bait and later on you're going to switch it on them? No. Um, it's not about equality. It's actually about inequality. And uh, the inequality of power is, I'd put it, because uh, it it really just serves those who are the elites who can call all the shots, and uh, those it purports to protect. I think once power is consolidated, which this bill, I mean, it is so bad. I mean, it is so coercive. Um, you know, it, it, it's not going to protect anybody.
2: Yeah, and uh, you give five reasons why we should be against this bill. Number one is it undermines free speech. How does it do that?
4: Well, um, discrimination, the way it's been defined uh, by the, the left and uh, the power elites who run the, the left, uh, you know, they, they eliminate any kind of uh, accommodation for conscience. Uh, So I I think you have to go even before speech and freedom of thought, freedom of conscience, freedom of religion. And this bill explicitly states that the 1993 uh, Religious Freedom Restoration Act that was overwhelmingly passed in Congress uh, doesn't apply anymore, Uh, that there is no conscience protection. So, um, you know, if, if, if you eliminate that, uh, you've gone a long way to eliminating uh, speech and discrimination of course uh, as you know you c- all you have to do is look at the New York law that was passed a couple years ago uh, where a fine of about up to250,000 dollars uh, could be levied against the business for quote misgendering someone so I mean that uh, and it doesn't really state uh... Well, I guess it did state whether it's willful or not. But when you, when you start getting the government in the business of parsing your thoughts, reading your mind, um, and, you know, uh, interpreting even maybe a tone of voice or a raised eyebrow or whatever, that can be construed as discrimination.
2: Of course, um, when you call something the Equality Act, and uh, only two Republicans have signed on to at least the last I looked... Uh, it was all the Democrats and uh, two Republicans signed, and and no no other Republicans signed onto it. Um, at this point, it's I guess it's co-sponsoring, um, and it, it hasn't been actually presented as a bill and been voted on yet. But the point is, they are going when when you have something and you call it the Equality Act, people aren't going to spend the time to do what you did and break it down and and analyze it and look at all the things, all the dangers within it. They, uh most people are going to say the Republicans are against equality. This is the Equality Act. How could you be against that? Isn't that part of the evil of this thing?
4: Sure, yeah. I mean, they, that's the branding part of it, the, the baiting, the lure. There's always got to be a lure so that people feel if they don't go along with it, they're going to be smeared as bigots or haters or... Or whatever, but uh, part of the problem is the growing ignorance of the inability of um, people to think things through because our education uh, system are, has uh, not, you know, certainly not valued independent thought. Um, and so we've got a whole generation of uh, more than one generation. Uh, not really able to see these things and to be, uh, you know, educated as a voter or as someone who looks at issues and and thinks critically about them. So, yeah, I mean, I don't know what the answer is to that, uh, but, you know, it's really uh, insidious, Bill. I mean, if you look at the the ambiguity of the language in it, uh, you know, where it starts focusing on uh, gender identity. Well, the whole purpose of this bill, by the way, for your listeners, is to take all of the non-discrimination acts on the federal level. There's already been a lot of this done uh, on state and local level. But uh, the point of it is to take all of these, including especially the 1964 Civil Rights Act, but all of the other, um, uh, you know, all of the other non-discrimination legislation doesn't been passed federally, and to include or inject into um, those laws uh, the term sexual orientation and gender identity, yep. abbreviated as SOGI, S-O-G-I, and these SOGI laws, um, you know, have already been, you know, for the past 10 years or more even, uh, passed on municipal and state levels. And so the idea is to give it a blanket federal, you know, force of federal law. Um, You know, Nancy Pelosi said that this was going to be like a signature um, uh, piece of legislation, this Congress. So, um, but it's filled with all kinds of ambiguities. Like, you know, gender identity, uh, they have the definition of it as uh, the gender-related identity, appearance, mannerisms, or other gender-related characteristics mm-hmm. of an individual, regardless of the individual's designated sex at birth. A lot of these laws will say assigned sex assigned at birth.
3: Mm-hmm.
4: Either way...
3: What's the difference? We,
4: uh, there really isn't. I <laughs> Who's mean, assigning it, it, I and designating? it? Well, I think they went for the term designated because it maybe has a little less of the implication of an arbitrary, like a doctor just kind of arbitrarily uh, okay. says, oh, this is a boy, this is a girl, so I will assign you this sex based on genitalia. That's the complaint of the transgender lobby, uh, and so, um, but what that does, what that phraseology does, is it makes us all transgender. It basically, it's a premise that's embedded in the law that applies universally. Uh, basically, everybody's sex is, quote, assigned at birth or designated at birth, according to laws like this. I mean, the devil's in the details, and this this is really insidious stuff. Anyway, I don't want to... Well, it's it's
2: it actually, well, your piece is great. We're talking to Stella Morbido of The Federalist, and you should check this out at the thefederalist.com, um, because y- you really break it down, and you, you explain this very well, and it's really scary when you see it, um, and that's why I wanted to have you on to to explain as much as you could. And I realize it's it's a lot for only fifteen minutes, but um, th- th- this has happened so fast that it, it does. I mean, how long have we even been um, supposed to be have, have be an agreement that uh, gender is something that you decide that you are, or sex you decide that you are, and it's not what you actually are; it's what you want to be. I mean, it's gotten to the point now where we have. Uh, every Democrat in the House is buying into that wh- whole idea, the whole idea of gender identity. We're, we're doomed.
4: Well, no, 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 not so fast. <laughs> um, but, but, yeah, I mean, it, it is really uh, it, it's really bad when you look back. Uh, the groundwork was laid for a long, long time. I mean, this wouldn't happen out of the blue in a... Um, you know, in a nation in which all of the uh, students in the schools and universities uh, were encouraged to think their own thoughts and encouraged to have free inquiry, uh, it really it really came about over the past couple of generations. Uh, you can actually trace it back 100 years to the Frankfurt School and cultural Marxism and uh, you know, which really burst identity politics and political correctness, and you know, it, people are so scared to death of being um, socially isolated, socially rejected. I believe that that's really the fuel that pushes.
2: Yeah, it's not. You, you, it's not just whether you dis, If you disagree, you don't just disagree. You're a bad person. If you exactly. want to be, a, if you want to be a good person, you must agree with me. Because if you don't, that automatically makes you a bad person. You, you talk about, um, uh, that. you say that the government might someday have the power to de-sex us, regardless of the individual's designated sex at birth. That's a pretty scary uh, concept.
4: Well, that, yeah, that's the word, I, the term I, I came up with. I Actually, a couple of years ago, I wrote a piece for public discourse in which I, I talk about how Uh, the language, in the language we are being de-sexed. I mean, like I said, the premise, sex assigned at birth, applies universally. It means that you are only male because you think you're male, and I'm only female because I think I'm female. And, of course, that has huge ramifications for the legal status of family relationships. Uh, we may not see it that much now, although it's coming. Um, it has ramifications for, you know, I mean, it's very dehumanizing.
2: Well, if there's and no more male-female, there's no more mother-father distinctions. That's the way you put it.
4: Right. Or son, daughter. Right. Yeah. And, and the biological, it's, it's an attack, as a war on biology uh, as well, and and uh so the biological relationship or the bond uh that's there naturally is it, it's as though it's being attacked in law by legislation like this and uh you know it sets us up for the whole system of punishment and rewards which is what you get with the political correctness that threatens social isolation if you don't get with the program which is why uh they use terms like equality and social justice, gee, who could be against that? Mm-hmm. And and um, and so I mean it's almost as though and I mentioned this in the piece, being nudged into a social credit system like China has. I don't know if your listeners are familiar with uh China's social credit system now, but your compliance with the communist line uh or the government is uh, you get actual scores yeah. on, on that social credit. And that will affect your access to housing, education,
2: Pretty scary.
4: Uh, you know, services, goods. And that's happening now in China. I know. And, uh, and, and so we have had legislation like this that really sets up a system by which the elite can... Um, reward or punish those who comply or fall out of compliance with their idea of, you know, of, um, you know, this utopia, uh, dystopia.
2: Hey, Stella, I'm, I'm, I'm up against a hard break. I have about 20 seconds. I just have time to thank you for being here. And uh, oh. I, I, as I said, 15 minutes wasn't enough. But thanks for being here. We'll do it again.
4: Thanks
2: so much. Okay. That's Stella Morabito, and that is just an unbelievably scary thing rolling down the track. You wonder if it can be stopped. We'll be back. With SRN News, I'm Keith Peters in Washington. A majority on the Supreme Court appear to be okay with a citizenship question on the 2020 census, despite objections from left-wing organizations and three lower court
1: rulings. Correspondent Mark Sherman reports on why this ruling is so important. The results of the census will help determine the allocation of seats in the House of Representatives among the states, as well as the allocation of billions of dollars in federal money over the next 10 years. The Supreme Court heard arguments today. A record day on Wall Street as both the SP 500 and NASDAQ indexes closed at
2: record highs. The market has risen sharply since bottoming out on Christmas Eve, driven by greater confidence in the economy and reassurances that the Federal Reserve is unlikely to raise interest rates this year. The Dow Jones Industrial Average closed up 145 points to 26,656. This is SRN News.
0: comes to your pain, many of you might be skeptical, like I was, about ordering Relief Factor. Pat Boone again for this wonderful 100% drug-free supplement designed to help your own body lower or eliminate occasional aches and pains due to aging, exercise, everyday living. I'm not skeptical any longer. The three-week quick start is now discounted to only $19.95. Why don't you let us see if we can get you out of pain, too, at relieffactor.com. Dennis Prager explains his opposition to mass immigration. The answer is they bring un-American values. They're not bad people. The biggest one of the un-American values is they bring belief in big government. That's it. And big government will destroy the American story, the American dream, the American ideal, the American hope. The Dennis Prager Show, weekdays at noon, right before Sebastian Gorka at 3 on AM 1250. The Answer. Hunt Associates is your resource for examining the important financial aspects for your retirement plan. Listen to our podcast radio show, Hunt for Retirement, by visiting gwhunt.com. On this week's edition of Hunt for Retirement, we discuss securing lifetime income. Text Hunt to 555 888 or visit gwhunt.com to listen to the podcast now, or call 844 366 Hunt for a free copy of the book, Income Allocation and a free retirement income report. You're an insurance agent. You're also an entrepreneur looking to grow. And what better way to grow than by being your own boss? Owning your own Farmers insurance agency has been called one of the best small business opportunities in America. With a nationally respected brand, award-winning training, and your personal experienced business coach, your opportunity to grow is unlimited. No franchise fees required. Visit beafarmersagent.com and start growing. We are Farmers. Bum,
3: bum, 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 bum accident i can't help you but if you've invented a new product improved an existing device or need help registering a trademark call me attorney gary topoloski at 877-5-PATENT i've been helping clients protect their ideas for nearly 35 years email me at patentlawyerpittsburgh.com ask about my discounts for veterans and seniors 877-572-8368 now's the time to pursue your dreams but let's protect them first Are you tired of your old and
0: drafty windows and doors? Pella offers three lines of vinyl, a fiberglass product, and various lines of wood. So we have gorgeous new windows and doors to fit your needs and any budget. You deserve Pella quality. And for a limited time, get 50% off installation and 12 months no payments, no interest. Yeah, we can do that. Call 855-77-PELLA. We'll come to you. Pellapittsburgh.com. Stuck in traffic we've got the answer it's stop and go on the Parkway West inbound. The business loop past Steubenville Pike, then Green Tree to the Fort Pitt Tunnel. Outbound Banksville Road to Green Tree, then 79 to Steubenville Pike. Parkway East inbound jams 2nd Avenue to the Fort Pitt Bridge. Outbound Oakland out to edgewood Swissvale. On 28, you're jammed in both directions approaching the Highland Park Bridge. Crosstown Boulevard outbound, that's jamming Bigelow Boulevard to the Parkway North. Head's up in Stowe, a crash Island Avenue near Municipal Street. Some jammed traffic there. I'm Brendan Joseph. That's the look at traffic. I AM 1250, the answer weather
4: a shower or thunderstorm will be in the area through the early part of this evening and clearing skies later tonight breezy with a low of 44 mostly sunny tomorrow with a high of 65 degrees partly cloudy tomorrow night low 46 and for thursday mostly cloudy a little bit of rain will be developing during the afternoon hours high thursday
1: 67 degrees with the Iraqi weather forecast i'm meteorologist Danielle middle
0: you're listening to The John Stagerwalt Show on AM 1250, The
2: Answer. Well, it's hard to imagine, as I said a few minutes ago, the overwhelming amount of stupidity that uh, we're going to be exposed to by the Democrats between now and November of 2020. Uh, there are so many of them out there, and there are 18 months left and more candidates coming. Elizabeth Warren can be counted on for a lot of that stupidity. Last night, I think it was last night, she uh, promised to eliminate college debt and make college free for everybody. Who wouldn't be for that, especially if you're 16 and they let you vote? Well, Mary Claire Selim is a um, policy analyst at the Heritage Foundation. She joins us now. Mary Claire, thanks for being here. Thanks for having me. So, uh, Senator Warren says we can have free college and make it retroactive by forgiving student debt. Why would anybody be against that?
5: Yeah, it, it's quite an expensive uh, undertaking. So she's proposing a $1.25 trillion plan uh, to erase student loan debt for people making under $100,000 a year uh, and to erase part of the debt for students making between 100 and $250,000 a year. Um, so it, it's quite an expensive program uh, that does nothing to address the, the, the drivers of college tuition, uh, which is quite frankly the, the involvement of the federal government in our student loan system
2: yeah'll get to that in a second but uh the, the interesting thing about it, which I, I looked at her her plan and as you said um if you if you make more than a hundred thousand dollars you're basically you're probably not going to get your debt uh taken care of but if uh, so um which means that and if you make if you make over two hundred and fifty you don't get anything so you don't get the uh, the the benefits of this so if you uh have say you're a family with uh making two hundred and fifty thousand a year and you have two kids in college and you're paying thirty thousand dollars a year for each of them for four years, you get nothing and not only that but your taxes will go to pay for the people who are getting something correct
5: exactly uh, so she's proposing to pay for this by by a, a a tax on on the super wealthy which is a pot of money she's already promised to cover um, her proposal for uh Free childcare um, for for all Americans. So so we're, this is this is uh, she's double dipping it in the, the the pot here uh, for for how we're going to pay this off. But I think you're exactly right to point out that you know if a family making two hundred fifty thousand dollars a year can have quite a few other expenses in addition to their student loan debts. Um, and now it's proposed that they're going to be paying off the, the loans for, for other Americans. Um, at the end of the day, students who, who took on these loans uh, did, did sign a contract to pay it back, and American taxpayers are going to be left uh, in the lurch for this. A better solution is to is to lower college tuition uh, by getting the federal government out of the game.
2: Now So how does the federal, first of all, how does the federal government being in the game affect the cost of tuition? And how does it get out? And then what happens? How does the, how does t- how does the cost go down?
5: Yeah. So the federal government um, controls ninety percent of all that are out there. So we've we've nearly nationalized the the student loan system. Um, and and evidence has suggested that because of this easy access to federal loans that students have, the colleges have been encouraged to raise their tuition prices, uh, confident that the federal government will come in and help out students who aren't able to to make up that difference when schools do raise their tuition. Um, The Federal Reserve Bank of New York came out with a study a few years ago that showed that for every dollar that uh, an institution receives in federal funds, colleges uh, raise their tuition by about 60 cents. Uh, and so this explains why we've seen tuition skyrocket uh, in recent decades, because the federal government has increased the amount of loans that they're putting into the system. Uh, and so if we want to alleviate student debt and make college more affordable for Americans, uh, we need to, to insert the private lending market into the system uh, and, and get the federal government to take a step back and reduce tuition inflation.
2: Yeah, I, I've, I've thought that for a long time. It's pretty. It, it, it seems like such an obvious thing. That you see the government make uh, money available in loans, and you see the, the um, tremendous increase in costs much higher than the rate of inflation for college tuition. And uh, it's just amazing to me that more people don't put that together and figure out one is the cause and one is the effect.
5: Absolutely, it seems it seems very common sense. But unfortunately, instead of policymakers admitting that the federal government's involvement in higher education has been disastrous uh, for taxpayers and for college tuition, we see many on the left doubling down and saying, "No, we're going to involve the federal government even more, but we're going to remove all cost of attendance uh, for students and transfer that all onto American taxpayers, while the cost of, of tuition is going upwards." And so, so college is only going to get more expensive under, under free college proposals. But Americans are going to have to, to be picking up the tab, uh, two-thirds of whom don't have college degrees. And so to have the two-thirds of Americans paying for the one-third of Americans who do have a college degree uh, doesn't seem uh, like the equitable solution uh, that, that Senator Warren
4: purports it is.
2: Well, I was going to college back uh, almost in the, you know, back in the uh, 20th century. And people used to look at the uh, cost of the school and they would say, I can afford it or I can't. Uh, and the parents would say, you know, it's nice that you can, your, your grades are good enough to go to a university X, but the tuition there is higher than we can afford. So we're going to try to get some aid. We'll see what we can do. But you might have to get a job and put yourself through college. You know, I mean, uh, there wasn't somebody there handing you money. And if you and if they did hand you money, you knew you had to pay it back. It seemed to work okay. How
5: exactly. did we get to this point? Well, th- this plan to to eliminate uh, student loan debt. Uh, for, for many students, it's sort of a slap in the face for many uh, students who were in a scenario like you just mentioned who either decided not to attend college because it, it, they did a cost-benefit analysis and it didn't work out for them uh, or they, they chose very modest lifestyles and making monthly payments and paying off their loans and living fiscally responsible lives. Um, that, that it's sort of a slap in the face for students who were who le- leading that way if you were, let's say, delinquent on your loans for months and months and months Um, And then you just get that that balance wiped away. My husband and I, for example, just paid uh, quite a bit um, on our student loans. If student loan debt gets wiped away tomorrow, do we get that money back? No, not necessarily. Um, And so it's not uh, not a responsible way that we should be handling our student loan debt uh, crisis. As I mentioned before, we should be addressing how we got here. Uh, and working on solutions to lowering college
2: costs. well why wouldn't you and your husband if you if you see this um, this wonderful plan coming down the track uh, that you're gonna get your debt forgiven? why would you and your husband or anybody else like you not you know let's put this off of we owe you know forty thousand dollars. why don't we just hold off on that a little bit and maybe in a couple of years we won't owe anything.
5: I, I think that's exactly right, and I think that many Americans are doing that. I think many are, are going delinquent on their loans. I think as much as forty percent I've seen some figures uh, say that forty uh, percent of student loans are, are in delinquency. Um, this is, this is a, a quite a bit of a problem for American taxpayers because the schools have already been paid. The schools are making out you know mm-hmm. great in scenario. They've been paid by taxpayers. It's, it's, it's the American people who aren't getting paid back, which is why we're seeing our, our country plunge into further debt. I think that the wrong solution is to um, is to put more money on the credit card of the American people. I think that we need to to have colleges uh, step up and lower their tuition prices uh, to let more students be able to actually afford this out of their own pockets.
2: I think Elizabeth Warren made somewhere between three seventy five I've seen and four hundred and twenty nine thousand I just saw today. I don't know if that's true, but I've seen the three seventy five figure many times for teaching at Harvard. Do you think her friends that are still teaching there would be okay with massive pay cuts to lower the tuition? Because I kind of doubt it.
5: Yeah, I I agree. I think that would be (laughs) probably an unpopular proposal. (laughs) But, uh, you know, for a lot of this money going to these universities, a lot of it isn't even going to teacher salaries. It's going to administrators. We have a massive administrative blow problem going on on college campuses. Uh, but schools have been able to, to increase their number of administrators you know tenfold because of the amount of money going into these institutions. So again, if we want to encourage you know good behavior on the part of universities which is producing a good academic product, keeping their tuition prices low, um, we, we need to, to remove the guarantee of federal money from universities that we have today.
2: We're talking to Mary Claire and Selim she's a policy an- analyst at the Heritage Foundation um, now, why is it, Mary Claire? Do you suppose? I don't expect you to actually have an answer to this, but it's just interesting to me. Liberals who are always so vigilant when it comes to exposing you know, businesses um, that take advantage of consumers by overcharging for their products—they never seem to have a problem or put pressure on the colleges. Who are? I mean, I, I don't know if there is a product out there, a wide, uh, widely used product out there that has increased. Uh, at the rate that uh, college tuition has in the last, I don't know, fifteen twenty years.
5: I, th- I think you're you're right to, to point that out, and you know, I mean, colleges should be held accountable for the product that they're producing. I think that our policymakers tend to approach higher education uh, with kid gloves and and, with, and put it in this you know protected uh, space in society. Where, But something as important as education should be looked at with a uh, magnifying glass, especially given the, the heavy financial investment that we're putting into these institutions. And so I think we do need to be looking at colleges and, and, and demanding that they produce the, the high-quality product for, for the money that we're giving them. Um, and I think that if we want to employ taxpayers from the bad behavior on the part of the universities, we definitely need to privatize the student loan system so that, that the relationship is between the student and the university and leave the third party out
2: of it. Again, like everything else, though, uh, a situation like this, if if you are the Democrats, you, you say you're in favor of free college, you're in favor of the student loan program and the government being involved, so it puts the Republicans or anybody who opposes them in a the position of being opposed to college education or not thinking that poor people should be uh, have the right to go to college. That's the way it's going to be presented.
5: And, and I think that's an unfortunate framing, and I think we're, we're rather short-sighted in the way that we view options after high school in our country today. I mean, we're hearing from politicians that if you want to achieve the American dream, you have to go to a four-year university and obtain a bachelor's degree. I think that's remarkably limited. I think we should have multiple options for students after high school and many streamlined options that... That get you exactly to where you want to go in your career. Um, you know, if you want to be a doctor, you don't necessarily need to take literature courses. Literature right. courses are great for for expanding your mind and becoming a well-rounded person. But if the biggest financial risk of your life is going to college, then you know maybe you can do that later in life, or maybe you can do that on your own. For, we deserve to have options for students that get you from point A to point B in the fastest way possible um, and as cheaply as possible. There's also
2: go. Ahead, I'm sorry. Go ahead.
5: Well, I was just going to say that unfortunately those options don't exist in America today, and and we're we're hearing from policymakers that you shouldn't have that option, that you should go through this very convoluted bachelor's degree system, and I think that that's unfortunate.
2: There's also a movement out there uh, to make colleges reveal their records in producing people who then go on to benefit from the degree that they paid so much money for. Uh, is there any chance of that becoming becoming a reality? As long as you want to have control and you're with the government, you know why not make the, the colleges who are who are charging this money uh, show the benefits of what you what, what that you accrue or what you, what are waiting for you when you graduate with a degree in gender studies, you know.
5: That, that data at some level is out there. I mean, we do have the college scorecard, which shows, you know, graduation rates and things like that. But that program level data, what you are referring to, you know, how much does someone who pursues this degree, how much do they make, you know, five, ten years after graduation? Um, that's information the universities probably have but aren't making readily available. Um, a way around that is something called an income share agreement. So this is something what, that Purdue University is doing, mm-hmm. and so a student pays. Uh, the concept behind an income share agreement is that a student pays nothing upfront, but then they agree to pay a percentage of their future earnings after graduation. And so the school is heavily incentivized to make sure, okay, you're a high earner after you graduate because we want a bigger, you know, piece of of your.
2: Of your earnings yeah it, but it still comes down to uh, Mary Claire if there, if you're going through all those um, if you're going through all that to, to make the make it affordable then it just means your costs are it, it, you're, you're too expensive it shouldn't have to be that complicated.
5: I, I agree entirely, um, which is why all of our conversations around higher ed should be getting to the root causes of tuition inflation and for firsting that. Um, and I think economists are pretty much in agreement that the root causes of tuition inflation are the federal government's involvement in higher education.
2: Now, you wrote a piece for Heritage about California and free community college, uh, lots of problems there. Is, is that just a kind of a precursor to what would happen if it went federal?
5: Exactly. I think a lot of the um, the discussions in the states around free college right now are starting at the community college level, um, and and I think it, you're exactly right. The, these problems will only be you know, exacerbated if made at the federal level. Um, and what I what I've always said about community college, free community college, is that it turns our K through 12 system into a K through 14 system. And if we expand that into into four years of college, then we're simply you know watering down. Um, our years of education where what we should be doing is getting students to their careers faster rather than having them waste more years in school.
2: And if the if free college and debt forgiveness were put to a vote in the house tomorrow it would pass. Uh, and if the republicans lose the senate how does this not become a reality? I only have about 30 seconds left here. Well
5: whether or not you know votes on that you know I can't say I, mm-hmm. I don't speculate but you know I think that many americans are smart and they know that when you say free college that is not necessarily free that someone has to pay for it and it's something that we can't afford
2: right now mary claire thank you very much for being here thanks for having me I appreciate it we'll have you back again thanks that's mary claire M uh she's a policy analyst at the heritage foundation she just hung up her phone and i'll be right back You heard the crack of the bat, the cheers of the crowd? Have you seen the smiles on the faces of the players as they take the field? I'm not talking about the Pirates. I'm talking about what's happening in Moon Township that can only be described as a miracle. This is John Stigerwald. With the help of Pirates Charities and people like yourself, the Miracle League of Moon Township has broken ground on a brand new ball field and adaptive playground where athletes with special needs can play regardless of their ability. At miraclesinmoon.org, you can see the stunning plans for the 9,500-square-foot playground and state-of-the-art ADA-compliant restroom facility with showers, wave technology, multi-level fountains and sinks, mechanical changing tables, and more. It's incredible. Our goal? To raise the remaining funds they need to bring it home by first pitch this September. Check it out at miraclesinmoon.org slash donate and make your tax-deductible gift today. That's miraclesinmoon.org slash donate. This message paid for by Robinson Town Center, a Zamias properties entity.
3: Are you about to pay double for roof replacement or repair? If you haven't called Windows or us, you just might. $20,000, Windows R Us will match any competitor's price. No hidden fees or surprises ever. Schedule a free roof inspection today. Mention AM 1250 for an exclusive 10% off. Why pay double? Visit the area's premier exterior replacement company. Windows R Us, more than a window company. Visit Pittsburgh.com.
1: Hey, I'm Andy. If you don't know me, it's probably because I'm not famous. But I did start a men's grooming company called Harry's. And if you're not, we hope you give us a try with this special offer. Get a Harry starter set with a five-blade razor, weighted handle, shave gel, and a travel cover. All for just three bucks, plus free shipping. Just go to harrys.com and enter 3366 at checkout. That's harrys.com, code 3366 enjoy. Getting close to
2: retirement? Experienced a nice Trumponomics bump in your portfolio? We know the market goes up and unfortunately we also know it goes down. Don't risk your retirement to market whims. Learn how you can lock in those gains today by spending time with the team at Marley Financial. Todd Marley and the experts at Marley Financial can help you design a retirement plan that is bulletproof against the market's ups and downs. The team at Marley Financial uses a multitude of different techniques to make sure that you have a retirement plan that is tax friendly, stable, and worry free. Oh, speaking of taxes, did you know that Marley Financial can handle that too? With all the changes in the tax laws, be sure you're taking advantage of the best possible deduction and make sure you know what adjustments to make for your overall financial picture going forward. Call today for a no-obligation consultation to see just how for 25 years the clients at Marley Financial have never had a retirement plan fail. Call 724-884-1496 today. 724-884-1496 or visit them at MarleyFG.com. This is the John
0: Walt Show on AM 1250 and FM 92.5. The Answer.
2: Well, we, as long as we were talking about college, let's pick up on that thing. We, we spent a lot of time talking about education here and the stupidity uh, on college campuses. I saw this uh, the other day. I wanted to get a chance to mention it. A student newspaper editorial board endorses non-white segregated housing. That's at Williams University. Williams College, actually. The editorial board of a campus newspaper that's, uh, has endorsed a proposal to establish segregated housing on campus, claiming that such housing will help make the school safe and welcoming. It's the Coalition Against Racist Education Now. It's a coalition of activist students at Williams College, and they at they least released a, a list of demands, calling upon the college trustees to fulfill their obligation to the well-being and safety of its students, faculty, and staff. This is what the board went on to say. And it wholeheartedly supports establishing this housing at the college. As a community, we must recognize that the college is a predominantly white institution in which white students uh, uh, in which students of color often feel tokenized, both in their residences and more broadly on campus. Establishing affinity housing will not single handedly solve this problem, but it will assist in making the college a more welcoming, supportive and safe community for minority minoritized students. Uh, some say this housing reinforces division, arguing that having minoritized students cluster in one space would be harmful to the broader campus community. We believe, however, that allowing for a space where students can express their identities without fear of tokenization or marginalization will encourage students to exist more freely in the broader campus community rather than recede from it. And I have a solution for this. It's called an all-black college. If you if you don't want to feel marginalized, you don't want to be a minority, and you don't don't go to a college that's mixed races, and then say you want to be segregated. There's plenty of schools out there. Just go to an all-black school, uh, and you're supposed to go to college to get smarter, aren't you? Not dumber. This is unbelievably stupid, and it probably costs about eighty thousand dollars a year to go there. I'm going to say sixty, maybe. I'll see you
0: tomorrow. Bye. The John Steigerwald Show is a production of AM 1250, The Answer, and Salem Media Group